Hi there. Welcome to Upfront. My name's Rachel. This is a podcast where nurse practitioners come together to share, discuss challenges, and inspire. The goal of this podcast is to bring NPs together and build a community in a profession that can often feel isolating. We're here to learn more about NPs working in Canada, why they do what they do, what they love about their jobs, and what inspires them to continue doing the work they do. Today with us we have Nicole, who has worked in Winnipeg for the last five years as a nurse practitioner. Nicole, tell us a little bit about what you do and what inspired you to become a nurse practitioner in the first place. Um, Well, it's actually funny. So, as you know, I teach, um, I instruct nursing students, and um, I was told to go back and get your master's. And uh, so exploring the different types of master's programs and specifically looking for ones without a thesis. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I started looking into nurse practitioner and um, it kind of just went from there. So I didn't actually realize the role um, of an NP until I started the NP program at Athabasca. Okay. Yeah. So you did it through Athabasca. How long did that take you to do? Three years. You did only three years. Um, I worked full time and then I had had a baby, young child, plus I was pregnant. So it was sort of the better option, a little bit more flexible at the time with their online options and then a little bit more flexibility. Okay. So you were working as a nurse. Tell us a little bit about your nursing background. Sure. So I graduated, oh my goodness, 20, no, 2004. And I started work at HSE um, in the trauma unit and then in cardiac thoracic unit. And so did that, stepped on training uh, for a few years and then was, uh, you know, asked to teach at Red River in clinical. So I did. And then stayed at HSE because I love the client contact. And I did, um, started doing conscious sedation in the little mini OR for um, porticaths. And then I moved on once I got into the NP program into uh total nutrition the tpn yeah i started doing that while i uh was going to school full-time and then school yeah (laughs) and so you said so you're teaching now so you're at red river tell us a little bit about that yeah so currently i mean i've taught a lot of different things in the program things have kind of morphed but i helped um with the sort of launch of the RNAP, which is a prescriber program for nurses. Oh, okay. Yeah. So a couple different streams, STBBI and travel health streams. So I was doing that. And um, right now I'm doing pharmacology, uh, like a blended class with our bridging program for internationally educated uh, nurses and half time doing some vacation right now. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, so the prescriber program, they their first class just graduated. Is that right? Uh, yeah, Not it's been long a, ago. it's been a while. Uh, it? Oh, okay, <laughs> maybe, about, maybe maybe close to oh, it been a year on my brain. Yeah, okay, yeah, something like that. The first right. sort of set. So I was involved in that. So what does what does a typical day look like for you? Now, yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, it depends. Um, so I've morphed um, myself. So I keep up to date with all the primary care trends, um, try to keep uh, involved with primary care guidelines groups because 
I'm no longer actually working in a primary care facility okay. per se. Um, however, I still do primary care combined with my sort of morphing of my NP role, which is more of um, an aesthetic piece. Yeah. Okay. More of the aesthetics. Okay. So tell us a little bit more about yeah, yeah, what that's like. <laughs> so, um, so I do believe it or not, uh, Botox and fillers okay. and uh, really just skincare uh, more than anything. Uh, I like to call it enhancements. Yeah. And I just, you know, help people feel their best. Okay. So I, um, after talking to the CRNM and standards of practice to ensure that I can do this and it was considered NP hours. Um, I mean, we, you know, somebody comes in, we're still doing our full assessments and setting up a care plan and charting and follow-ups. So they said, yeah, there's no reason why that can't be NP hours. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they come in, are they referred by their provider or they come in? It's it's more private. Yeah. So, yeah. And is that a clinic? And where is it? It's through a... Um, so I just kind of do my own thing. Okay. Um, yeah. So. Okay. No, not not uh, really specifically related to any like site. Okay. Site, so yeah. they've heard word of mouth. Yeah. Most about yeah. You. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then you do an assessment, and then you figure out what their skincare needs are. Exactly. Cool. Did uh, did the college ask you to do like Was there any extra training involved for that? Well, it's, I guess with the Botox, maybe a little. Yeah, so it's kind of funny. So I, of course, before I even started, went to to CRNM and talked to them about standards of practice and um, basically was told that, um, you know, it's all within our scope, but it's sort of how it's being interpreted, like the RHPA. Mm -hmm. So um, it's not that you have to or not have to take a course, but it's sort of how do you feel um, with your practice if you think that you need more training or specialized training. So I sort of took that as, yeah, I should probably take a few courses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> More um, legit. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, who's read that as, yeah, okay, take some courses. Um, and then, of course, following the RHPA guidelines mm-hmm. as best as, you know, you know, the way that they're put out, um, which can be a little difficult to interpret sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then since I took that, I've just been, I've learned that, you know, it's really a, a very specific skill and is actually quite specialized and it's actually quite medical related and it does have a lot of risks and um, risk for complications. Uh, so I've been, you know, doing a lot of courses related to like cadaver labs and like specialized courses, um, reducing risks and complications. And I'm going to do another cadaver lab. And okay. yeah, it's very is this facial. specifically for the for the injections. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I really try to like hone in on Definitely, that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So where are you? So you're taking courses for things. Where do you start when you're looking for? Uh, that's a good is that word of mouth also? Or you just kind of, yeah. it actually was, okay. it actually was. So, um, you know, so I was working in primary care. I like, love it. I love it. But there's only so many hours in a day. So, and I love to teach. So by fluke, um, and maybe word of mouth, I actually saw a posting on Facebook and uh, which got me interested and it was out of Ontario and it was a course put on by a nurse practitioner which okay had yeah. a light bulb go oh yeah. well if they can do that well why can't I so I inquired and then of course I could contact our college because we're a province over you know mm-hmm. it's different so make sure yeah. yeah and they were like you sure so yeah I kind of just started from that I kind of thought well maybe it'll be a bit of a, a hobby 
Um, but it's really more like I love it. So I yeah. find that like artistically too, like in, um, and this is way back, but in high school really was into art and, you know, actually got um, a bit of a bursary for art that I never took. Cause I was like, well, what's that going to do? Yeah. Right. But now I'm like, yeah, like I can actually, like it's satisfying. Yeah. Like primary care. Also the art piece with the. Yeah, like I get to kind of merge the medical and nursing piece and my NP. And so all those assessment parts and merge it into something that makes me, makes me feel good and yeah. makes the patient. Oh, I love that. Good. Yeah, I love it too. <laughs> like I love it too. Yeah. <laughs> you look like you love it. I do. It makes me happy. The, um, yeah, I remember learning, like when I was doing my undergrad, I thought like, there's so many other avenues to nursing that I just really had not, like I had no idea. And then even going into this nurse practitioner role, it's really like, even just how you started doing the the Botox injections, you kind of thought maybe I could do that. And they left it open. Yeah. It really is mind blowing. It is so freeing. Like, uh, like I say, my strength to get in was really, I really needed to, to teach, right. Mm -hmm. To, to, to do my best, you know, within the college. But then once I completed it, once, well, I mean, it's grueling, like, you know, um, being in the program, once you're out, you're just like, this is like a whole different world. Yeah. And really the whole world is your oyster. Really. It can go so many different ways that it's just like, it's honestly like, it's really, you're just, it's your mind that will limit you to Mm -hmm. what you can do, um, as a nurse practitioner. Yeah. I love it. Good. (laughs) Um, so you're doing some, so you're, you're teaching also, is that, uh, <clears throat> you might've said this already, but it, is it mostly online courses or you also are teaching? I'm teaching classes. Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. But currently, um, most of it right now is, is online. It's blended. So of course I go in and then I, I work a lot from my computer. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So pretty flexible scheduling there. And yeah. Especially well. right yeah. now. Yeah. Good. Any, uh, any research? And I mentioned you didn't want to do a thesis program. <laughs> I know. You know what's funny is that, yeah, I was like, no thesis. But then, of course, once you get into the program, you're like, darn it. This is very thesis-like. They do. Yeah. <laughs> I actually loved it. Yeah. I actually loved the research place. Um, and I liked uh, the papers. I never published anything okay. there. I, I probably could have. You know, I know in school uh, my instructor was like, you know, I can't wait to see this published. And then I never kind of went on. Yeah. Um, Felt like a lot at the time, but I was just like, and we're (laughs) done. Yeah. And we're (laughs) done. Um, I am working. I mean, it's not close, close, but I am working with the university of Brandon on some research related to prescribing. Okay. And so I will continue that and, um, probably, you know, again, contact them in, in, um, so I have been a reviewer for uh, some of the research that they've done and I, I I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So, I never thought I'd see. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I realized that I'm a bit of uh, keener that way. I do like research a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And you need to, if you're wanting to stay up on like what's happening. Exactly. And, it changes yeah. all the time. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. So with the prescribing, just go, to go back to that for a second, is that, can you tell us a little bit more about that program? Oh yeah, for sure. Like so for the nurse been, prescriber? Yeah. So you're not, um, you're not teaching that now, but you not did right do the. Right. And you did do it. At yeah. So yeah. I, um, came in, um, sort of, I don't want to say midway, but a bit midway, uh, when there were talks about implementing and, you know, putting the program in place. And then I was one of the uh, two NPs that sort of got the program started. And, uh, so really two pathways 
right now um, that are there, which mm-hmm. is travel health and reproductive slash STBBI. Right. Yes. And di- was there diabetic as well? The, no? There is a, uh, I guess, there is and isn't. So it's it's coming. I'll say it's coming. Okay. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Okay. And those, uh, some of those, are you aware of where people are working with those? I guess at travel clinics, I know at nine circles, I think they're having some nice prescribers there. Yeah. Yeah, Uvil, uh, nine circles. Um, trying to think of Mount Carmel, maybe. Mount Carmel. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course, uh, travel health, WR2 travel health. Right. Yeah. And I think there's another travel health that was looking out of the city. Okay. But I can't remember the name. And for the most part, they're having to work, not having to, but they, they're working within a regional health authority. Like, so it's not as far as I'm aware at a private clinic or anything like so that. So far. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. So as far as your, so in your career, what are, what's one of the biggest challenges you've encountered? Uh, honestly, I find a, f- a couple. <laughs> one is, uh, really getting people to understand the role of a nurse practitioner. I still find that five years later, almost that I'm explaining is very difficult for people to comprehend um, the difference really between a nurse and a nurse practitioner. So I find that that's difficult. Um, So sometimes, unfortunately you just have to say um, it's very similar to a physician and then they're like, Oh, but it's not right. Like it's a different role. So um, that's a bit of a struggle. Um, And then the other pieces I found in community is connecting people to services that um, there is a lot of services that are lacking, especially those who may be at like high risk, um, especially related to drug use and abuse, Mm -hmm. um, especially if there's no, um, they have no funding or, you know, no money, whatever. Or the hours. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Hours was a big one too. trying to connect them. Um, You know, there's a lot of rules where unfortunately, you know, when somebody's ready to go into detox or rehab, that rule, you know, they're ready right now. We need mm-hmm. to be active and get them in now. And unfortunately, it's that's not, you know, it's a struggle. Yeah. So there's a lot of revolving <clears throat> doors. You see mm-hmm. people and they're struggling. And of course, and on top of it, it's not just the substance abuse. And um, there's also the poverty. There's, you know, abuse there's um generational abuse there's all sorts of things that are affected so i found that really difficult Mm -hmm. and could be quite draining sometimes yeah although i really i try my best with what i had so yeah wanting to connect them to the resources but there's just so many so many obstacles and you're right so many hours in a day yeah (laughs) exactly and so many hours in a day right so that was that's probably um you know some of the like two of the biggest mm-hmm. sometimes is even uh, learning and I still haven't figured out what's the best way to communicate to try to get people to even um, be active within their health care mm-hmm. um, but again understanding that some people are just not even able to do that there's things that are sort of more pressing like where am I going to get my next meal right yeah and I don't have you know it's cold outside today I don't have winter gear like how can you think about taking care of yourself right in the long run and it's then. just this is now right mm-hmm. i need i don't have any today or what have you yeah mm-hmm. yeah especially because you're seeing like you're seeing the the big picture of when the, you know when they're initially coming in you know 
maybe what they need in, in that moment and you can maybe help them find those those resources but thinking down the road they are going to have to find you know something to uh they're going to have to to find it within themselves right to to access those resources also like i'm right. thinking maybe for the detox program it might have changed now but people coming into the emergency departments needing those forms the forms filled out and they're only good for 72 hours yes. or something yeah, yeah. yeah and so then it's like okay so they have to wait many until, one of yeah many many of those forms <laughs> so waiting waiting yeah. for you know they're good for 72 hours so we'll have to wait until monday when it when intake is open right or is there a bed yeah. available or you yeah. know or um yeah, it has changed a bit where, you know, it's sort of first access, like whoever was there first mm-hmm. will get maybe in yeah. to be assessed. And yeah. it's like, oh my goodness. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the answer to that is. Like you say it's open over the weekend. I don't know. I don't know either. I wish more I hours, more out. people, more money always. So <laughs> totally. always. <laughs> yeah. Name one high you've experienced in your role as an NP. So something that you that you love about it, or, or a specific experience you can think of. Oh, I can. I mean, there's lots. That's for sure. I think my biggest is you know is working in um, within a community where um, we opened up a little clinic in in a, in the community. So it's like a satellite of the the main branch, and um, trying to establish a clinic there in a community where medical care is not really the priority at the moment. (laughs) Right. So establishing and building trust within the community. And I mean, it took probably a good year for people to start coming to see me there and to build that trust. So it would be like, I would hang out and in the, the, the building and just have coffee and be like, Hmm. Hey, how's it going? Joe, that's not a real name. Um, and just, Literally, it felt like one day, all of a sudden, I don't know if the community talks to each other, but they're like, probably, we trust her. Yeah. And then <laughs> she's, um, an <laughs> she's okay. We, she's fine. Um, and then doing a clinic that literally was maybe, maybe like two hours and being packed. You oh know, yeah. Sometimes seeing 13, 15 people. And yeah, just, you know, once you've established that trust, mm-hmm. right. Um, yeah. So I think that's like one of my highlights is like, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Is that clinic still still going? It is. Yeah. Okay. I do not. I'm not no longer there. Yeah. Um, I hope that, and I believe that the person that's doing the clinic now uh, will be able to continue that. Uh, that. Uh, you know. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like it was a it was a need there. There's a huge need. Yeah. And then it's the the longevity, right? Like someone able to to be there and, and stay in that community because the needs aren't necessarily gonna 100 change they're no they're gonna be there it was getting yeah. busier and busier yeah <laughs> that's really cool yeah it was great so yeah i think that would probably be the highlight yeah and you've touched on this a little bit so one thing you love about being a nurse practitioner part of it would be the the world is your oyster exactly or... sky's the limit yeah. man i just like uh, yeah you don't like for myself, I obviously like didn't go in thinking that way. I was just like, yeah, I'm getting my master's. But then this door opened where honestly really is there to me, you know, if you can think about it, you can do it. So mm-hmm. yeah, 
I'm not gonna say it's gonna be easy, <laughs> but no. yeah, it's doable. Yeah, for sure. I definitely like that part of it as well. Just in thinking, when I was working as a registered nurse, you have your one area you're in, and you can become really good in that in that one area. And for sure, you're interested in other things, but you don't necessarily have the time or take the time or need to be thinking about that. Like it's even as simple as working in a hospital versus knowing what's going on in primary care. Like you don't need to know totally what's happening. Right. Yeah. So then as an, as a nurse practitioner, I mean, we're not necessarily in the hospitals all the time, but kind of knowing, yeah, if you want to, if you're working in a clinic, you could see a fairly wide variety of, of things. And then also going off of your nursing history, kind of knowing how it worked once they got into the hospital and kind of helping patients navigate, navigate that. Right. Yeah. 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 I think that's what the whole, um, you know, my whole background and history, like has really helped even with primary care. It's like, I know Definitely. I was, that was I, a lot of different things that you did. <laughs> a lot of different things. Yeah. So it's like navigating. It's like, Oh yeah, I know. Or I know that person or I know how to kind of maneuver or navigate because I do yeah. this. Yeah. So it's all those experiences yeah. that. Yeah. Even just within one health authority in the WRJ, it's, there's a lot of different, there's a, it's a very, um, it's a web of things and not everyone knows how one, one part of it works necessarily and exactly. you're trying to figure it out. Yeah. So, yeah, 100%. so having a wide, uh, a diverse background can definitely help with that for sure. Mm-hmm. So what's one personal quality you think helps you thrive in your current role? I like to think that I, um, I mean, I don't know if this helps or not, but I just, I think it's where I come from, like as a child where I come from nothing really. So I find that I, um, am open to everybody's like experience, like in a non-judgmental way. Right. Like I'm not gonna, there's no, like it really honestly doesn't really even cross my mind where somebody lives or what they have or what they do. I'm just, if somebody comes to me and they need help with something, I'm, that's what I'm here for. Even like as a nurse or an educator or even a person, I would think. Yeah. And that translates into your work as well. Yeah, you do. I think yeah. so. Uh, so what inspires you to keep doing doing this work? Hell, I love helping people. Yeah. Yeah. And because um, the NP role has given me more freedom, really, I find it freedom mm-hmm. to be able to help people in a different way, right? Where they may be struggling. Like, you know, some people say, like, I just, like, I, you know, whether it be related to meds or you know, that there's always like in nursing, we learn that there's like all these pieces. It's very holistic and to be able to help people, like obviously as a nurse, but now you're kind of like, Hey, I have this prescriber role where, you know, I honestly think people listen a little bit different. That's what I've noticed. Um, that it maybe gives them that sort of affirmation that like this person knows and they're here to help me. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I can help them in a different way. Like, it's just that sort of, I don't know, it's just yeah. a bit more open. Like, I find, like, with the aesthetic piece, it's opened up a whole new, like you say, like, web almost of collaboration with people all over the world. And that is so exciting to me. Like, yeah. I've never had that. And maybe I wasn't really looking for it either. I don't know. Um, I mean, obviously, I've seen some of it. Um but this to me, I guess, cause I also have like a very strong interest in it too, that it's opened up so many doors of, of this collaborative piece where I've met so many nurses and nurse practitioners 
and then learn about the different roles, even yeah. though we have the same names per se, yeah. all over the world. <clears throat> like it's crazy. Like it's like a whole big kind That's of like cool. family. I just love it. Well, and I think too, thinking about it as like a private practice versus um, like, cause as a nurse for the most part, you're working in a publicly funded 100%. role. Yeah. yeah. And so then that opportunity that does really, so you can take that, that medical background and then also be, you know, like an entrepreneur also kind of have that, you know, yeah. the, the world of private practice. Yeah. It's definitely different and things can move a bit faster, maybe. Right. Like there's right. a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, barriers sometimes in, in, um, yeah, in there's healthcare. lots of levels that you kind of have to get through yeah. in publicly funded. That's what I found yeah. that are fine when I'm working with mm -hmm. the system. Right. So yeah. it's nice to have that. It's like, you have an idea and you're like, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> You're like, as you can. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Check yeah. with the college and then you can. <laughs> Check with the college. <laughs> yeah. Got her on speed dial. <laughs> okay. So moving on to the future of nurse practitioner roles, what's something that you're kind of hoping, hoping to see in the, in the future? Um, yeah. So I always say like the more collaboration, right? Like collaborating mm -hmm. with different with nurses, nurse practitioners, physicians yeah and I find that this new role um that I have um I don't want to say new role I'm still I'm a nurse practitioner and a nurse yeah and um, just has opened more doors like I find it's just more um worldly like we're not just like in this like silo of like um going to work every day and I you know Winnipeg, Manitoba, it's like the whole world like we're all learning from each other mm -hmm. um and I just find that like it's amazing just yeah the collaborative piece of everybody's learning from each other right like I just I don't know it's mind-blowing and I think it can be almost like translated to anything that a nurse practitioner is interested in like it can be I mean one of the what's a new newer topic it could be um you know medicinal cannabis it could be it could be anything yeah. right like it could be literally translated to anything that you have an interest in you just have to go for it yeah I like, uh, and I like thinking, I know Elsie mentioned it in the first podcast, just about different, uh, you know, like mobile apps that people can use and that kind of thing. Right. I, I think, um, the, the world of like privately funded things can just move a little bit quicker in, in that way. And if we are going to talk about like this app that you can use when you're at home, you know, when you don't have access to your primary care provider, like how can that help you move forward? Cause that's what we really want to be doing. We want to be empowering people and equipping them, right. So, like giving them the information. We have the knowledge base and we have the right. research background that we can look, okay, what's happening in this part of the world or this. And then like bring that to the people in our community and then help them thrive where they're, 100%. where they're at and that can just move it. it just moves a little bit slower like we were saying in uh yeah in publicly funded spaces but yeah um, you can empower yeah. people i mean not that it doesn't happen in a publicly funded certainly yeah. but yeah like it, i guess the difference is when it's private people are looking for it yeah. in a different way yeah right and so there if you're thinking about a mindset that most likely a client is in when they're in a private setting is they're ready for change yeah. Oh, that's a yeah. good point. Yeah. Yeah. So then, then if you have those tools ready for them, right. Right. Like even like I say in aesthetics, um, I'm not just doing aesthetics, right. There's usually something else that comes up. Oh, you know, they, you, they find out that I'm, I have a nurse practitioner background. And so 
usually there's a little bit of the primary that's woven through there. Um, mostly, I'm not going to mostly skin related, yeah. but you know, it's, it's, they're looking for it or, you know, or they probably won't, wouldn't be there. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for coming and interviewing. Thank you for having me. And now for a few announcements. For those of you in Manitoba, don't forget to renew your NPAM membership. This new membership will be good for the full 2020 year. Additionally, if you're looking for ways to help NPAM do what they do, contact npam at nursepractitioner.ca to see how you can. The Manitoba Nurses Union through the Provincial Collective Bargaining Committee is conducting an online survey in preparation for upcoming contract negotiations. I would encourage all NPs working in Manitoba to take part in this survey, as we want to ensure NP priorities are reflected in the updated contract. The survey closes on January 10th, 2020, and I'll leave the link in the show notes. I'll also leave a link to connect with Nicole at Enhanced Medical Aesthetics in the show notes. If you'd like to be involved, have some NP-related news from your area, or know of an NP we should highlight, let me know at upfrontnp at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening.